With our own open world. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Mr. Luther Barnes this morning. And Holy Spirit, fall fresh on me. I need it this morning. I need him to fall fresh on me today. I don't want my running to be in vain. I don't want to mistreat people. I want to treat people the way I want to be treated. And better if I can. Better if I can. Hallelujah. And so, um, all right. So I'm grateful to Almighty God this morning for all he has done, what he's doing right now, and what he's going to do. Great and mighty things for us. Good morning to you, CR. God bless you this morning. We thank God for another Thursday morning because without him, we wouldn't be here. He brought us all the way up until this present time this morning, and we're grateful unto him. Today, I'll tell you the truth, I didn't get to bed until well after two, and uh, I thank God that I could get up this morning and come and halfway sound refreshed to do the will of him that sent me. We're grateful this morning that we have this God, and there's nothing too hard for him to do. So anything that he chose us for, he called us to, we yet can do it if we decide this is what we want to do. It takes a well-made-up mind to stay with him. Yeah, he won't leave us nor forsake us. He will be with us until the end. And so we thank him for that. This morning I have a quick request, song request. I'm going to play this next song, and when we come back, we'll come back with our morning prayer.
radio not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning. We come before you grateful unto you for another Thursday morning. Coming closer to a week ending. We thank you for all you've done for us this week already. Great and mighty things. Father, you kept the water back from the land. You kept the sun from the earth, the moon from the earth. You have blessed us in many ways that we just take for granted that this just happens. But we thank you this morning for all you've done, for what you're doing right now and what you're going to do. We give you glory this morning. We give you honor. We give you the praise. And Father, this day, we worship you in spirit and in truth. It's not just with our lips, but God, with our hearts, we worship you. And we come this morning, Father, bringing parents before you. We, we bring the world before you this morning. And we know that not everyone is going back with you when you come. And unless you draw, Father, they can't come. But this morning, we ask that you would touch the hearts and minds of people, the hearts and minds of parents. Father, we ask that you would give the mind back to your people long enough for them to make a conscious decision that there is a God, and I'm coming to him. And if he's real, he's coming to me. Help this morning. In the name of Jesus. But Father, many have lost their minds, and they can't get it back because they're thinking of what they feel. They're thinking of what others say. But God, nothing mattered this morning but what you've said in your word for your people. You made all of us for your pleasure. And have mercy today, oh God. Have mercy today. Many are struggling with mental health issues. Many are mentally disturbed, oh God. And don't even know it. That's the sad part about it. And most people that have mental challenges, they won't believe that they are having challenges. They won't believe that they're mentally disturbed. But help this morning, oh God, and give your people a sound mind. I know that the one way to have it is allow you to give it to us. It's, it's the only way. It's the only way. If we'll come to you, you will no wise cast us out. Help us all today. And Father, help us to accept what you allow. Not, not what man doing and what man wants, but God, what you, almighty God, allow. Help us to trust you with our whole heart and lean not to our own understanding. In all of our ways, help us to die. Help us to trust you. Help us to acknowledge you. Father, you're going to direct our path. Help us not to be wise in our own eyes. Help us to fear you and depart from evil in the name of Jesus. But, Father, that's what's going wrong. Man don't fear you no more. Man don't fear God because he's doing things and you don't destroy them. So they feel like it's okay. In some instances, the fool says there is no God. But help today, God. You're, you're the drawing factor. You're the only one can draw unto you. And we're lifting you up this morning in spirit and in truth. We're lifting you up in song. We're lifting you up in your word that, God, you would draw because it's you that wish none should perish. And, Father, because you wish none should perish, 
as your people, we wish none should perish. You sent your son, Jesus. You gave him up for us. He suffered. He hung. He bled. He died. He conquered all and rose with all power. Help your son, Jesus, to rise in us this morning as your people, as the people of God, as your children, as your servants, oh God. And God, we'll spread the good news everywhere we go. We'll talk of your wondrous work without being ashamed of the gospel, without being ashamed of what people may feel or think about us. Help us to tell the truth everywhere we go in the name of Jesus. For you're the way, the truth, and the life. Help us this morning in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you. We bring every call and every listener before you this morning asking that you would bless every household represented here, every family member near and far, every friend near and far today. Lord, let us all get good news today. Lose your uncommon blessings upon us, your uncommon miracles, as we praise and worship you this morning, in spirit and in truth. Oh, if ever there was a time to lift you up, if ever there was a time to pray, if ever there was a time to trust you, now is that time. Father, the world has gotten wicked and wiser, and the way they ease it in, it's like it's, it's nothing. It's, it's just an honest, a, a simple, innocent act, but it's the enemy that's taking the mind of the people. They don't even know their minds are gone. And help today, oh God. In the name of Jesus, help leaderships in every country with a sound mind so that they'll lead the people in the right direction. They won't approve things that you disapprove of. Help today in the name of Jesus. Bless your people all over the world. But Father, you've chosen and called many, and many have chosen to accept your calling, accept that you chose them, and get up and do the work. I thank you today for the labor that you called me to, the labor that you chose me for. I thank you for doing things no one else will do. I thank you for doing things no one else want to do. Hallelujah. Father, I'm grateful to you for all you've done. I'm grateful for this work right here on Jesus in the morning. I'm grateful for every caller and every listener. I thank you for them today. And Father, give me the heart and mind for your people. Help me to remember none should perish, or in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Father, today we ask that you would bless the brethren that's incarcerated, strengthen them, open up their hearts and minds, and make your word clear to them that, God, they can teach the truth in the name of Jesus. All this morning, we thank you. We thank you. Father, bless those that are in every branch of the military. Have mercy this morning, O oh God. Strengthen your people. Give them the hearts and mind and administration of the military, our military, of what to do in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we bring Brother Frank before you this morning, asking in the name of Jesus that you would strengthen him. Father, touch and heal his body. Touch and heal his heart. Touch and heal his mind today in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you right now. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise for it today. Touch Sherry, God. Strengthen her today. Let her recover, be 100% successful in you. Or touch right now, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning. We thank you. 
And Father, bless widowers and bereaved families and intercessory prayer people everywhere. Preachers, preaching in the name of Jesus and obedience unto you and love for your people. Father, we ask today that you would bless Israel and prosper Jerusalem. Continue to protect them, O oh God. Keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger. Bless all our brothers and sisters overseas everywhere. Strengthen their hand in you. And Lord, those that have to hide to talk about your goodness, to talk about your word, and to pray, communicate with you. Lord, we ask that you would loose your ministering angels, loose your protecting angels, to stand watch and shield and protect them, O oh God. Keep them, Lord, from all hurt, harm, or danger. In the name of Jesus. And Father, continue to bless America and the leadership of America. But God, we ask that you would have mercy continue. And that God, you would fix their hearts and minds, our leadership, our administration of our country. Fix their hearts and regulate their minds. That God, they'll come to you for instructions. But there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is destruction. Because the ways of man is destroying. It's not building. So help today in the name of Jesus. Bless this segment of Jesus in the morning. God, you sent your word and it healed them. Send your word today that it will heal in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you. We give you glory again this morning. Honor and praise. Oh, we worship you again this morning in spirit and in truth. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know you. Uh, I have another quick request, but I'm going to get to that. Uh, we're looking for uh, to go forth in scripture this morning and then after, because we're still in morning devotion. I usually uh, try to stay in devotion until 730. And then when I come out, you know, I can do some other things, but I like to Get that devotion in there to devotion. Devotion. Want to get that in. Because that's that's unto the Lord. And then he brings his word forth even better. Yeah, with understanding. Want to go to this scripture. Genesis chapter 1. And I want to look at verse 1. And uh, we'll read down just a little bit. But in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I, I want to say that this morning because... What I'm looking at out here is people appear to think they created it. Mm-hmm. They opened a business. God made it successful. Uh, they come up with the ideas of corporate America. Um, man can operate. Man can treat, you know, illnesses and diseases. And so it appear they think, it was all about them and how or what they thought and they put their thoughts in action and it worked. But without God this morning, we can do nothing. We want to remember this. Mm-hmm. As often as we can, we want to remember without him, we can do nothing. And we want to remember if we come up with a great idea, God allowed it. God gave it to us. He blessed us with it. Now, we know the world won't think like that. But I'm talking to the believers right now. Today, this segment is for believers. It's not for the world. The world can come in 
and understand, but that's if God give them the interpretation to understand. But the believer, because of the word of God and because of our fellowship and communion with him, we've gotten to know him somewhat. We don't know all there is, but we've gotten to know God enough to know that he's holy and that he's righteous. And many of us know the, the meaning of holiness. You won't find no darkness in him. You won't find nothing evil, nothing perverse in him. Everything you find in him is good and very good. Hallelujah. So the second verse says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Let's look at this. The earth didn't have no shape. It was empty. Nothing was here, and it was dark. Yeah. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Well, there was some water here, it says. It says, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. But God moved. wasn't man. Verse 3 says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. When he said, let there be light, light appeared. It comes. He spoke it. Verse 4 says, and God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the daylight, the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the waters. So he separated things, the ocean, the river, the sea, the lakes. Yeah. Verse 7 says, and God made a firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. 8 says, and God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. So the, 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 the top was heaven, the bottom was water, it was the earth. Yeah, he wasn't through though. Yeah. Nine says, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Okay, he made earth. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. Oh, he made something beautiful here. Oh, he made something beautiful. Eleven says, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after the his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so. Are you listening? It even says in here fruit after his kind. He made the orange, the orange seed bring forth oranges. The orange seed will not bring forth grapefruits. It won't bring forth apples. It won't bring forth pears. It will only bring forth oranges. Man decides to mix stuff together. I was talking to Irene the other day and, and, and sharing about fruit here. Tangelos. It's like an orange and a tangerine mix, but man had to do that. Twelve says, and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind. <laughs> and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. 13 says in the evening and the morning were the third day. 
And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. We have a calendar now. They used to change it around where we in a, what season they used to call, uh, 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 turning back the time. Yeah. In, in October, November, September, daylight saving time. We're going to turn it back, this and that. Mm-hmm. Today is August the, the, the 11, 2022. Yeah, because of what God did. And what he gave man knowledge to do. So when he got through, we're going to move on. When he got through... We're going to look at chapter 2. I'm sorry. We're going over to chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1. So when he got through, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. Verse 2 says, and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Verse 3, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. He blessed that seventh day and set it aside. (laughs) Because that in it, he had rested from all his work which God created and made. And I need to go back to the seventh day. I need to go back to Sunday, resting. No shopping, no going nowhere, no doing nothing, praise and worship. Get to church, hear the word, come home on the way. If he stopped me somewhere and used me, okay. But that day is set aside unto him. We got so, so slick. We don't have night service no more. The church I'm talking about. Uh, 12, 30, 1 o'clock, we home. And we using this term, it don't take God all day. Oh, but it took him seven days to make the heavens and the earth. Huh? It took him seven days. So why can't we give him a whole day on Sunday at that building to praise and worship him? The world has gotten wickeder and wiser. So they're wise in going to give God some time on Sunday and come on out of there. When I was a girl, you stayed all day and half of the night, uh, if not all night. We had to go to school the next morning, but Sunday... Oh, we were going to get it in. Mm-hmm. And because we were children, they would let us sleep on the benches. But it was so much noise going on, and there's so much going on, you wanted not to sleep. You wanted to see what was going on in this house because good things was going on. What was praise and worship, and folks was getting delivered. And you had been taught home about this kind of stuff. Yeah, verse 4 said, and these are the generations of the heaven and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens and every plant. He talk about the water, the mist, the ground. He, he began to name some things. Uh, uh, a river went out of Eden to the water, the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. It talk about the names. It talk about gold. It talk about stone. Ethiopia. God, God names of Assyria, the fourth river, Euphrates. It, 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 and 15 says this uh, of chapter 2 of Genesis. 
And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. But out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Look, 19 says, and out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them and whatsoever. Adam called every living creature that was their name. Now, he, he brought forth man from the ground. He breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and man became a living soul. And so this is what we know, and this is what we believe because his word, he inspired man to write it. We were blessed to get it, and so now we believe. And if we got a working relationship with him, we'll know this is the truth. So I went back up, and I went to verse 6 of Genesis 2. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord gave, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food and the tree of life also in the midst of the God and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. Now, later on, he's going to make Eve. And, and, and I believe that's over in chapter three. He's going to make Eve because he said it wasn't good that man be alone. Matter of fact, let's look at chapter 3 of Genesis verse 1. Well, let's go back. I'm sorry. Let's go back to 2. We got to go. Oh, I went to 4. Let's go to 2 and look down a little bit and we'll find out a, a little bit about Eve here. And we'll see what she did. Yeah. So look. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and the fowl of the air and every beast of the field. Verse 20 in chapter 2 of Genesis. But for Adam, there was not found and help meet for him. It was only one man, and he had just made him Adam. That was it. <coughs> no woman, no children, just Adam. And, and the beast of the field <coughs> and of the air, fowl of the air, beast of the field, cattle. And Adam, you know, creepy, crawly things, bugs, whatever, all of that was there. But no other human, just Adam. So 21 says this, because, I mean, 20 says this, but for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. He didn't have nobody. 21, well, I want to stop right there. Wait a minute, let me say this too. This is why men love women and women love men. And this is why people feel they need a mate. They need a, a help meet. They they lonely. They need somebody. And some of us we don't 
particularly want what God wants us to have. We want what we want to have. If I'm a woman and I want another woman, I just have a woman who want another woman too. If I'm a man and I want another man, I just have a man who want a man too. But we soon to see what God made. And we know people change things. He gave, he gave you the ability to do it. Gives you free will. So if you want to go against his word and do what you want to do, your consequences will pay you for what you've done. He had to create a place for these people because they refused to have good in their heart. And look, good wasn't just enough. If you could talk to Cornelius and Peter today, he would, they would tell you. God told Cornelius to send down and get me from Joppa. Because Cornelius was a good man and gave much alms to poor, to the poor. He was soft-hearted. He loved his family, loved his friends. But that wasn't enough. Because at any time, Cornelius could do evil, all kind of evils, unforgivable evils. But God sent down the Joppa to get Peter, and Peter come down and so that they could receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. They could receive it because man needed something to keep them from doing evil. Man needed to be set free. He needed to come out of bondage. And the only way you could be set free and out from under bondage, you had to have the Son of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So look, 21 says, and the Lord God called the deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh and said thereof. 22 says, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. 24 says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. <laughs> oh, excuse me. And shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. You see, they didn't know nothing yet. God made them plain and simple. He made man with a, a mind not to do evil. But the least of thing he could do evil, and they did. But we see right here, and, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and she should be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked in the man and his wife and were not ashamed. Listen, I know people today, they say that you're homophobia. What kind of word is that? Some mess man created. The thing of the whole thing is this. It's not what man say. It's not what man think. But it's what the word of God says concerning man. Again, the earth is the Lord's this morning. The fullness thereof, the world and base that dwell therein. Everything and everybody belong to God, including that devil. But man seems to think it's my thing. 
I'm going to do what I want to do. I've never seen the devil move on something so so hard. He do this thing. He bring forth that spirit in, in even a child. And when that child don't obey the devil, if it's trying to fight that spirit, he'll cause that child to kill himself. He'll cause the child to have their parents to have them mutilated, cut off body parts, take all kind of stuff by mouth that shouldn't be taken because God made you who you are. I've heard uh, 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 men say, well, I feel like a woman. Well, how can you feel like a woman and you've never been a woman? You feel like what you see a woman look like. But in order to feel like a woman, you must be a woman. You had to be born that way. It couldn't be something in your mind that's telling you this the way you feel and this the way it looks. No, 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 no. In order for you to really know about a woman, you got to be an original. You have to be made that way from birth. I don't care who you are and what you are. No man know about being a true woman. You can feel any kind of way you want. You can think of what you want. And everybody I see that says I'm on a trans or I'm a trans, nobody ever come out and tell me about the real woman. They show me pinks and purples. Uh, They show me hair and wigs and eyebrows and eyelashes and makeup. But nobody tell me about the real woman. And if you're a man, the only way you're going to just naturally, without no surgery, without no medication, no pills, no nothing, the only way you're going to biologically have a baby, you've got to be born a woman with a woman organs inside of you. You can take stuff and grow breasts. You can go have yourself jacked up, cut up, fixed up, however you want to do it. And please don't feel I'm against nobody. But the truth is the life. It's the light. It's the way to go. And many parents are allowing their children to do this stuff. <laughs> Let them mutilate your child. Are you crazy? I love you, little Jimmy. And I, I know you think you feel like a woman, but it's the idea. Because you have no clue what a woman is, little Jimmy. You was born a man. But now if you want to dress like a woman, you want to carry yourself like a woman, I still love you. But you really and truly are going to have to wait until you're 18. Because you shouldn't be thinking about sex and all this stuff uh, before you become an adult and leave my house. So... I'm giving you the word of God. Now, if you don't accept it and you do something to yourself, I've done my job. I told you the truth. And if you want to kill yourself because you didn't wasn't born a woman, but you think you're feeling like one, I, I, it's out of my hand. I taught you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. When I look in the mirror, the mirror tells me the truth about Barbara. Many times I walk away from the mirror, and I don't even remember what I saw. I don't care. I've gotten dressed. 
It looked nice to me. I'm clean, head to toe. I'm going on. And I can tell myself this. Barbara, you weighing uh, 120 pounds. You can fit in nine pins. Didn't you see yourself in, the, in, the, in, the, in them nine pins when you looked in the mirror? You, you nine pins, Barbara, going out there and stretch your stuff. Now, that's what my mind tells me, and I feel like I weigh 120 pounds. I feel energetic. I feel happy. But when I go back to that mirror and really look in that mirror, that mirror tells me I'm not 120 pounds. The mirror say, I don't wear 19s. And if that's not good enough for me, when I look in all of my closets, my closets tell me, you don't wear 19. <laughs> but I can feel like I wear 19. I can feel like I, even me, I can feel like I know what they feel like a, a woman who's 120 pounds. But reality is I don't. I'm much more than 120 pounds. I can lie to myself. I can go to others and try to philosophize and 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 and, and, and let it be psychiatrified and, and psychology. I can go anywhere I want. And they can tell me, well, you feel like this because you're a 120-pound woman trapped. I'm going to use this number because I'm not telling my weight. You feel like a 120-pound woman trapped in a 200-pound body. What in the foolishness? How could I be trapped in this body when this body is telling me, and when I step up on the scale, I know I'm 200 pounds. So how can one, if 120 is trapped in me and I can't get it out of me, that says, Something is in me that shouldn't be. Because the reality of me is I weigh 200 pounds. Yeah. So I got to do something. And if I had the right parents, they would take me to God in sincere prayer. Lord, this is my seed. God, this is the child that you gave me. This child say that they feel like a woman, or they feel like a man. They can't, they can have the feeling of that, but God, they can't really know about that because they've never been a, a woman, a, a girl, or they've never been a boy. You made them who they are. And Lord, I need you to fix their hearts and fix their minds. I need you to heal my child. Lord, don't let them decide to get mutilated. Changing what you put into place. You made the man and the woman. You made the man from the ground and then pulled the woman out of the man. It's no way. I can tell you, honestly, I feel like a man. How could I feel like one? I've never been one. I may have the idea of being a man. I don't know. And the reason why I think I should have gone off into mental health and being saved and sanctified and filled with the spirit of God 
I know I could have got something from him to help somebody along the way, but yet he's using people out here. He's yet using people. And therefore, some children are saying, nope, nope, hold up, hold up. I don't think I want to do that. Because when I become an adult, I don't know what I'll be thinking. This is what the parents should be teaching the child, not the child teaching others. The child telling the psychologist or the psychiatrist or some doctor this, but the parents should be telling their child, hold up. Now, once you turn 18 and you become grown, you're on your own. You're an adult. If you still feel the same way, then you do what you got to do. But while you're a child, I refuse to let you be mutilated. And then later on, you decide, I didn't want this, but my parents didn't keep me safe. They didn't take care of me. And you got some parents, they doing it because, oh, my child wants this and my child going to be so happy when they get this. You can get it when you turn 18 at my house. I still will accept you as my child. If you're a boy and you come back looking like a girl, you're still my youngin. I know what I born into the world. I know what I brought into the world. The announcement was made at your birth. Oh, it's a girl. Oh, it's a boy. So you can change yourself. It's not going to stop me from loving you because I gave, I carried you nine months in birth. Whatever they pronounce you at your birth, I'm happy with that because that's the true you. You don't know nothing. You're innocent. You haven't experienced the world. I accept that. And even if you mutilate yourself, change yourself, if you kill yourself, I will still love you. Yeah, I'll still love you dead. But all the choices being made as a child, I'm responsible I got to keep you safe. I'm going to make the choices for you. Once you turn 18, make your own choices. Whatever you choose, I'm going to accept you. I know mothers who love their pedophile son, mothers who love their serial killer sons. Why? This your child. You can't help it. Once they, excuse me, once they become adults, you can't help what they become. You can't choose life for them. They choose it for themselves. And it don't make me against nobody. What it makes me is to be a responsible parent and to keep my child safe until they become of age. Why would I do that to a child who don't know nothing, haven't experienced the world, come out of feeling? Some days I feel like a rich woman. I'm not playing. I feel rich. But when I run on over there to Wells Fargo or pull it up online, it tell me what I really am. And it is not rich. Yeah. But we give in to the to the feeling of the flesh. This this is the devil work. This is the work of the flesh. And there's no good thing in our flesh. It's against God. God say right, the flesh say do something evil. 
The flesh will have you doing things behind the scenes saying this. Oh, nobody won't know about that. You can you can do that and nobody won't know. The flesh have you cheating on your wife. You're telling her one thing, but you're doing another. The flesh will have you cheating on your husband. You're telling your husband one thing, but you're doing another. You're smiling in their face. You come into bed sleeping with them at night. On the cheek, kissing them on the cheek and all of that, hugging them in the kitchen and in the, in the living room and all of that. Excuse after excuse. Well, I don't feel like it tonight, baby. I'm tired. The woman, I don't feel like it tonight. I got a headache. My side hurts. All kind of stuff. What is going on inside the mind? What is going on inside the head? Cheaters, scammers, all these people, liars. Liars, they good at it too. And them cheaters, they professional liars. What is going on inside the head? Again, I'm talking to the church this morning. I'm talking to the believer, the saints of God, the Christians. That we accepted all this mess. We just, oh, well, it's going to be. No, the scripture said, cry loud and spare not. Now, that's what the word of God said. I I didn't have anything to do with it. I wasn't there when God inspired man to write it, but I believe it. And many things I tested from experience, and I know it to be the truth. And we quickly get upset with people when they say something against this. Oh, the mama wanted to get up and fight this older lady because she said what she felt about somebody transferring themselves from one person to another. But you thought you could do this kind of madness and you think people just going to accept it? Look, they just fronting it everywhere on the job. Oh, I'm married to a guy and he a guy. I'm married. Carl is married to Edward. And on the job, flaunting it and telling me about it and, and flashing the wedding band. and I, You don't know who on that job don't like that kind of stuff. And they afraid to say something because they don't want to be fired. So because they don't want to be fired, they act like, okay, Carl and Edward. But every time you invite them to lunch or you're having some function, they never show up. They can't take it. They're not used to that. They don't approve of that. They don't believe in that. They see it as mental health. And if these people realize that, they would get somewhere, but they won't. Or they're just coming all out and they think they can force people to accept it. Because when they got here, we was already what they call heterosexual. We were already straight people, was already here. And those that wasn't straight, they, 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 they didn't come out and say, I'm not straight. I'm this or I'm that. I'm a woman that likes women. I'm a man that likes men. So they hate us. But I had nothing to do with your birth. Hate me. I, I, I didn't cause your gender. Your daddy chose your gender. Whether you was going to be male or female, I didn't. And the thought of you being a woman and you're a man, it's just a thought. You don't know what a woman is. You've never been one. The thought of you being a man and you're a woman 
You don't know what it is to be a man. It's just a thought because you've never been a man. You don't know how men feel. They putting uh, men, transgenders, they call them, on football teams and, 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 and basketball teams or, or soccer teams against girls. No way. Or we, they should be able to go to the same bathroom as a woman. No. Nope. They transferred to be a woman. They wasn't born a woman. Now open up a transgender bathroom and see what you get. Have the male and the female in a transgender bathroom. And on the trans, transgender bathroom, put he, she, and all of these alphabets, put that on the transgender bathroom. You're not allowed in the male or female bathroom because that's not what you are. You've been trans. So that should be for you. I would want my daughter to go into a female bathroom and there's a man in there who transferred himself to what he think is a woman. Or before he gets finished with what they're doing to him to transform him, to mutilate him, he in the bathroom with my daughter, and my daughter young, and she's seeing what I don't want her to see about men just yet. But the church and everybody think it's okay. Wickedness in high places, rulers of the darkness, and you never know what spirits lurk in people. In the church. Those that say I'm a believer, those that say I'm a Christian, those that say they're the saints of God. Now, people get mad about this, but you just got to get mad. And if you say you got God and you get mad, I need you to take it to God in prayer and wait faithfully on him to reveal to you his truth. Because I come to tell you the truth this morning, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I was trying to go another way, and God showed me this and brought, I had to do what he said. And it's all right today, in Jesus' name. And to be honest with you, sometimes I'm offended by this. I am offended that you are a man who feels like a woman. You're not a woman, you feel like one. Because you don't know what a woman is. You've never been one. I'm offended that you put hair on looking like a woman. I'm offended that you, I can't find shoes because you bought them all. I'm offended. I'm offended that you're trying to make yourself have a baby. Make yourself have a period. I'm offended. You got to make this. You got to go somewhere and get something to make this happen. I don't go nowhere. I was born this way, head to toe. Some women in their older age, in their younger age, they go through menopause. They didn't go nowhere to get nothing to take the brain that's on. It naturally happened. Why? They were born a natural woman. Why do you think they call it transgender? You transferring your gender. It's nothing natural about that. You're making this. You're allowing this to happen to you, you're going to get something to help you to become who you want to be, not who God made you. And when I tell you, I feel bad for them. And when I hear about one that killed themselves, 
You couldn't imagine how that made me feel because I know you could have been better if you could have just accepted what God allowed. It took work to accept it. It took the word of God. It took prayer to accept it and to be all right with it. But because you couldn't have what you wanted, you decided to leave the earth. You're not your own. You were bought with a price. It was days before I fully come to God. When I look back at my life, I was depressed. When I look back what I had done to people, when I look back at what I had done to myself, I was depressed. When I look back at even leaving my children, I was depressed. I wanted to leave here, but I wasn't going nowhere. I knew better than that. I knew better than to take myself out of here, put myself in a position to get up. No, I knew better. But it's only when we allow the flesh to rule and reign, the natural man to rule and reign. We don't keep them under control. We don't keep the old man buried as they say. As they say. Make that flesh come under subjection to the word of God. To God, We can do anything we want. We can lose weight. We can learn to play sports. We can learn how to be actors. Oh, the list is endless. I know we can bring this flesh under subjection. If you're losing weight, you have to have a change of mind. Your, your mind, a change of mindset, they call it. You, you, you have to think different about food. I had to write down, Barbara, eat to live and not live to eat. I had to have a well-made-up mind to have an insure in the morning, 150 calories, and nothing else until lunch. And then for lunch, I might eat. Belvita biscuits. I can have a whole pack, which is 230 calories or 60 calories. So 260 plus 150 for two meals. When I would eat a million calories at one meal. But I had to have the mindset. I had to set my mind to do this. We have to set our mind to change. And the only way you can do it is you must come to God. He make you a new creature, but you've got to continue to keep a well-made-up mind for him, to stay with him, to work unto him, to be on his side, because he's always on our side. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm going in with the first testimony this morning. Well, before that, let me play this uh, one request right quick. And then we'll come right back with the first uh, testimony uh, or the first article of the day. I'm no longer.
encouraging you all day long. Jesus in the Morning Radio with Barbara. You have a whole society of people led by the President of the United States who wants to make sure he makes laws so these children can be mutilated. Mutilated? Oh, yes, he said. Mutilated so that they can become what God intended them to become. Mutilated for God's sake? Is that what you're saying? I've never heard anything more perverse than that in my entire life. You better be careful when you drag God into your perversion. But people believe the lie. And if you say something about transgender being the lie, you might lose your job. You might get thrown out of your school. The fear of the truth is proof of the extent of the lies. So this is a hard time. It's a scene you'll encounter in any happy family home around the world. Brothers taking great delight in outdoing their sisters. Okay, ready, set, go. But in this family, there's a difference. The baby girl of the family, eight-year-old Jazz, was born a boy. But first I thought, oh, how cute. You know, he wants to play with a doll. Who cares? You know, we're really open-minded. But when it continued on month after month and like became year after year and it became stronger, I knew, you know, this wasn't a phase. It's getting more intense. Happy birthday When Jazz's parents, Scott and Renee, had their fourth child, very early they were bewildered by the way their new son was behaving. When a two-year-old comes up to you and says, Mommy, when is the good fairy going to come with her magic wand and change my penis into a vagina? You're like, okay, this is not typical. This is not something a normal child would do. Can you remember the first time you thought, I want to be a girl? When I was two. Mm -hmm. I would say I want to wear a dress. I'd always say I want to play with the Barbies. Barbie! Barbie! Right from a very early age, you thought that's what you wanted to be? Yeah. Let's go outside. She was quite adamant about what her belief was, that she was a girl. And initially, I know from my own perspective, I was in, in denial. Just a little bit more than some lumps. Despite their reservations, Scott and Renee have made the courageous decision to let their son live as a girl. It was difficult for us, but at the same time, we knew that that was the right thing for our child, whether society was going to accept it or not. You've got a beautiful dress on. Did you select this? Um, uh, it was with me and my mom. Yeah. Like, she's like, oh, how about you wear that dress? <laughs> but it's a nice dress. Thank you. So you love dressing up, clearly. Um, yes. Cool. And you love earrings. Yeah. <laughs> Hearts, beautiful. Yeah, with all pink dots in it. <laughs> Jazz is what's known as a transgender child. In her case, born a boy with normal male genitals, but an unmistakably female brain. Do you know that you're a special girl? Yes. And, and why is that? Because I have a girl brain and a boy body. And how do you feel about that? 
Um, I feel fine. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a normal life to me, pretty much. Because if people are, like, making fun of you, just walk away and be friends with people that are nice to you and appreciate you. Okay. Her bedroom is like what you would expect of any little girl, and her interests like most, except perhaps her passion for mermaids. Why do you love mermaids so much? Um, it's because I don't have to worry what's around, like, the private area. Okay. So, yes, it's the, the mermaid could be anybody. Yeah. Okay. When I ask children to draw a picture of themselves, draw a picture of what they like, and many, many trans children will draw mermaids. They have tails. They have no genitalia. They can be beautiful and pretty, and you can put sparkly things on them. Dr. Marilyn Volker is a therapist who specializes in sex and gender issues. What is gender identity disorder? How, how do you explain that? It's literally where the biology between the legs does not match the gender identity between the ears. What color? Um, that color. We don't know how many transgender children exist, but chances are there could be hundreds in Australia. This is a pretty color, Jazz. Around the world, yeah. gender identity disorder is becoming more recognized. I always knew it, you know, when I was a little kid, I was always wanting pink dresses, Barbie, everything. So, um, you know, I've never really lived as a boy. I've always wanted to live as a girl, so I really knew exactly who I was. Uh, even in in Germany school, last year, 16-year-old Kim Petraz, who was born a boy, became the youngest person ever to have sex change surgery. I got the rule bent uh, because I um, saw, I had so many psychologists in the end who said that for more two years would be not be good for me to wait for the surgery. Kim was born Tim. Like many transgender children, Kim began taking hormones at the age of 12 to ward off the cruel effects of puberty. Every day I woke up and I was scared to have a lower voice or suddenly have a beard or anything, Adam's apple or something. So um, I was really um, so happy when I got the hormones and that's what I've always wanted to feel like. The experts say that for these children, the sooner they begin the transition, the better. What are you wearing? In Jagger's case, that happened at an extraordinarily young age. And what struck you about jazz? Uh, first of all, an extraordinary spirit. You're already ready for bed. Look at you. When Dr. Volker first saw jazz, she was just three. We use pictures and anatomical dolls. Jazz looked at the penis and scrotum, looked at the vagina and said, when I'm fifth, the good fairy is going to bring me a vagina. And I don't look at a child and say, oh, transgender. I ask them why they would want a vagina. And what did Jazz say? Because I'm a girl. How about this one? You like that one? Yes. At three, 
Jazz was probably the youngest ever child to be diagnosed as transgender. And you don't mind that you have the, the girl brain and the boy body. Yeah, I don't care. I still like live the life like a girl. It's not any different. What do you like about being a girl? Um, like it's fun. You get to do a, like makeovers. <laughs> How about this one? Yeah. There must have been a point at where you were resisting almost, trying to change what Jazz was doing. Yeah, and I thought if it is a passing phase, it will pass. Scott was a little bit more resistant. He was, you know, at first, like, was not as cool about it. Well, I guess most dads would probably find this difficult. Yeah, it, it was difficult. I wanted to try and have Jazz do more things that were uh, intuitively boy. Are you going to make a nice nose for me, honey? He does wonderful noses. Do you remember what it was like when you were a little boy at all? I remember that no one knew that I had a girl brain. I remember that I was not happy with the clothes I had to wear and with short hair. Your first hair looks so handsome. And when I was two, I re when I was a little boy, I remember my parents changed my overalls to like a little dress. Mm. Do you remember how you felt when you were allowed to wear a dress? I was very happy, like right now. Yeah. At first, Jazz's preschool wouldn't let her dress as a girl. At one dance recital, she wasn't allowed to wear a tutu like the rest of the girls and was heartbroken. What's this song in? For her parents, it was a turning point. Do you recall the day that you, you as parents had to sit down and say, okay, our boy from this day on is going to be a girl? Uh, by the time she was in her last year of preschool, it became very obvious that we weren't going to be able to keep this under the rug much longer. Happy birthday. It was the fifth birthday party where she was allowed to wear a girl bathing suit and we had, I don't know, 60, 70 kids here and they all saw her, who was known as him at the time, in this girl bathing suit. <laughs> it was really her coming out where she said to the world, I'm a girl. Come on, Jazz. From those early years, Jazz was never happy unless she was treated as a girl. You want your ears pierced? Yeah. Who needs a drink? Me. What would you like? And her twin brothers and older sister are very accepting and understanding that they now have a sister. All right, can you give me some? I'm happy that she's a girl because that's what she wants to be. Are you protective of Jazz? Yes, definitely. Because I've seen movies where people like her have been in like very bad situations and they've been like hurt and I don't want that to happen to her. And if they were to, if somebody said something unkind to Jazz, what would you say? I'd tell them just don't talk about that stuff and it's hers to know about, not theirs. Because mm. they want to live their own life just like everybody else does. And they're the same kind of people as you are. They live the same kind of life. Unless you make it hard on them. Mm. For a transgender child and their families, life throws up some serious and complicated issues. Jazz has not yet had hormone treatment or gender reassignment surgery. 
Those decisions are all ahead of her. She's got a rough road ahead of her, there's no doubt. And, you know, I know there's a lot of pain around the corner, and puberty is still looming out there. And uh, she's still little, which is great, but I know, you know, eventually the, her body will betray her. Yeah, right. we've tried to build as much self-esteem as possible going into those future years where we know it, it could be difficult. What do you think you'd like to be when you grow up? Um... A soccer player, an actor, singer, and dancer. I, I like to draw, too, so maybe an artist. A lot of things. Call this one for me. I sound giving you purple today. These are loving and courageous parents doing what they believe is best for their child in a country that is still deeply conservative at heart. I get some terrible emails. Um, people that basically say that I am the worst parent, I am evil, I should be killed, my child should be killed, type of parent am I, and your kid's a freak. And, and we feel like if you, you know, by allowing you into our home, into our lives, and, and essentially the world into our lives, and seeing Jazz in her environment, doing the things that she does on a daily basis, it'll open people's hearts and understanding, and it could make the world a better place. We want to touch down where, where, we want to touch down over there. It is a complicated and difficult issue, but for Jazz, it's very simple. What is your message to other children who might feel trapped in the wrong body? Um, I would say don't be afraid, just go tell their parents and then you'll be happy. Like, you'll like who you are after that. So you have to be true to yourself to be happy. I guess. Yeah. Hello, I'm Liz Hayes. Thanks for watching. To keep up with the latest from 60 Minutes Australia... What are you making? I think I'm going to try and make a butterfly. Two young friends hanging out. Should I use yellow? As teenage girls do. I use this blue or 15-year-old Corey Mason and her neighbour Emma. It's going really good. Like friends anywhere in the world. Except that in this American suburb, life has not always been so natural or easy. Corey, take me back to your earliest memories, who you identified as when you were growing up, how you felt inside kind of hard to explain it, but like it was, it wasn't all just, yeah, I'm a girl. It was, should I be, you know, should I be a guy still? And it was just different. It was hard, but it was just mixed everything. I mean, but at that age, I mean, could you even ask the question about whether you should be a girl? I mean, you were a boy. Yeah, I did sometimes, and I kind of kept it to myself. While young Corey was struggling to understand who she was, her mother, Erica, had her own secret. I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea why I hated my body so much. I had no idea why I, I felt so ashamed of my body. And, and yet, look at photos of you, you, and you're a very glamorous young woman. Once I hit uh, womanhood, I sort of started trying to play the part and dress as female as I could and present as feminine as I could to see if that would help me feel better about myself. And it never worked. I just felt like I was dressing up. <laughs> no 
With the help of hormones, Erica is now Eric. No longer a mother to a son, but a father to a daughter. He is in fact now a father to five daughters and still happily married to husband of 10 years, Liz. I fell in love with the person, the shell, it's just that. Do you accept, do you feel like you're now married to a man? No, I feel like I'm married to the same person that I married. I'm just 10 years older. And Erica is now Eric. And that's fine. I don't know what else to say. I mean, that's really all there is to it. Eric and Corey's path to becoming their true genders started by chance four years ago and at the very same moment. If you didn't know it, would you believe this 11-year-old girl was biologically a boy? Catching this documentary on America's most celebrated transgender child, Jazz Jennings. Are you a boy or a girl? I am definitely a girl. Like, that's all I consider myself as. I just tears because it was like that light bulb exploded <laughs> and I was like okay that's the answer this is me so a sense of relief the first feeling was relief the second feeling was terror uh, fear for what my future would hold fear for how my children and family would react fear for what the rest of my life was going to look like Girl brain and boy body. The program also showed Corey exactly who she was. And then I finally realized, I told my mom, I'm just like her. And I'm a girl. You had no doubt about it? No. And so from that moment in time, what were you convinced you should do? Start changing what I looked like. I started growing out my hair. I started learning how to do makeup, wearing dresses. And how did that feel, doing that? It was amazing because I didn't know what it felt like until I tried all those things together and I looked in the mirror and I was a girl. Sorry. And why does that make you emotional? I don't know. It's just because it's the first time I realized that I was doing something I liked. And so for all those years, he'd been doing something that felt wrong. And I wanted to make... Sorry. I wanted to make my parents proud. That's who I am, and I thought that they would not like me. That must have been very frightening. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So how did your parents react? They were very supportive. <clears throat> They would always, like, make sure that I was happy, make sure I was safe, too. How did they have to protect you? From the strangers out there that didn't like me, telling me I should go kill myself and telling me that I shouldn't belong on this earth, you don't have a place. She's so much happier now, and she's one to definitely keep her feelings in. So to hear, to hear her put them into words is pretty special for me to hear. What do you want to do for the Sweet 16? Um, I want to rent out of like a nice place. Man or woman, Eric is foremost a parent and so decided, despite her own life-changing revelation, to keep her true self secret. So all the focus 
and all the support could instead be on Corey. Do you know what that is? As she started on puberty blockers and female hormones. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I was so excited. That was the happiest day of my life. It makes me feel complete. I can go out in the public and they'd be like, hey, that's a girl. They don't even know that I'm transgender. Probably steak. Coming later in life, Eric's transition has been an even more confronting journey. First, he had to tell Liz, convinced and frightened, their marriage would be over. We were watching a movie. It's about a transgender woman who, in the end, ends up dying. And I was sobbing uncontrollably. And um, he just hugged me. And I... And I looked up at him, and I told him that I was, I felt like I was a man trapped in a woman's body. And he said, I love you. And whatever we have to do to make this work, we will. What was it like for you to hear those words? <sighs> Cried even harder. <laughs> because it was completely unexpected. And not because he didn't love me, but because how do you ask? a completely heterosexual man to still love you if you are now becoming a man. That's not fair. I fell in love with the person. You've seen the pictures. She was beautiful as a woman, but equally beautiful inside. So long as at the end, Eric is happy with the appearance. Eric will be happy with what's in her brain, or his brain, I'm sorry. This is... It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Well, it's, it's difficult to, you know, to put it into words. Eric is now putting into action what he's always wanted, turning to surgery to help him become a man, preparing to have both breasts removed, but not yet willing to have genital surgery. My biggest area of dysphoria is my chest because uh, I guess that's what the world sees. You know, the world can't see inside my pants, so that's okay. <laughs> but you can. I mean, you can look in the mirror and you yeah. still have a body that doesn't match your mind. That's true. But I can live with it. I won't be 100% happy, but I'll be okay. You know, having the breasts removed, it doesn't change the way I feel. I know we're talking about very personal issues here now, but how does it affect your intimate moments? How does, how does it affect your sex life? It doesn't. No. I mean, if the technology was more advanced and, you know, there was bottom surgery, then it would, that, would, that would affect our sex life. <laughs> In all honesty, because I'm the one who's, you know, the straight heterosexual guy, but we'd still be together. You will now be seen to be in a gay relationship. That doesn't, how, how society views me, my relationship, I don't care. They don't live in my house. You know, us and our children, we're the only ones that matter to me. My whole life I always thought I was bisexual. I've had girlfriends, boyfriends, 
men or women, it, it just didn't matter. I just happened to fall in love with him and marry him. But if he was a woman, that would have been fine too. So your gender identity, as, as the saying goes, is who you go to bed as, and your sexual uh, orientation is who you go to bed with. Still to come, two husbands. She says, wait a minute. If you're going to be a boy, shouldn't we call you dad? <laughs> two dads. Is there any sense of loss that you're losing your mum? Yes, I mean, because, like, I'm going to miss it. And Eric's big moment. If there is even a tiniest bit of doubt, why go through with this now? That's next on Two Minutes. person who was trying to play the part of a woman. In this old photo, she's Erica. I just felt like a freak. But now in the mirror, he sees Eric. What was it about yourself that you liked the least? Everything. Everything from my long hair to my chest. Everything. What about being pregnant? I hated it. I hated being pregnant. Even so, Eric Mason is grateful that he is a parent to five children, including Corey, this family's only boy who at 15 wants to be a girl. Mother and son are together transitioning to dad and daughter. I feel like one day science will be able to show that genetic link. You believe this one? I do. I believe it's part of it. When she first told you, what was your reaction? I was excited. I was happy for her because I knew there was more people out there like me. And to know that my mom was one of them, it made me so happy. It just, I wanted to cry for her. Corey is currently taking female hormones and hopes to complete the boy-to-girl transition with genital surgery when she's considered old enough at 18. 15? Yes. Dating? No. No? No would dating. Would you like to? I would, yes. But there's no one like boys at my school there. I guess you would say brave enough to because they would get bullied by the other boys and stuff and called gay and all that other stuff. But yes, I would like to. Like his daughter, for the past year, Eric has also been on hormones, bringing on a second puberty, much like a teenage boy. The next step to manhood is having his breasts removed, an operation that's been six months in the planning, but years in the making. When I was younger, I used to wish for cancer, so I would have to get a mastectomy. Really? Yes. I'm glad that, you know, it's finally happening. Um, I've been hearing this since shortly after we got married. I hate this. I just wish this. I could wish I could just chop this off. Unlike Eric, Corey won't spend years in the wrong body. But even with her insight, it's hard to say goodbye to the woman who was her mum. As you watch your mum go through this transition, is there any sense of loss that you're losing your mum? Um, yes and no. I mean, I'm still going to call her mom until she wants me to call her dad. 
So I'm gonna miss her, like, doing my hair and stuff and helping me do my makeup and, you know, get ready for dresses and, like, go to balls and dances. Just the other night, Willow, the six-year-old, I think her brain started finally understanding, and she says, wait a minute, if you're going to be a boy, shouldn't we call you dad? <laughs> and I said, you should call me whatever you want to call me. I, I'm okay with it. I gave birth to you. <laughs> I've always been your mother. If you want to call me mom, that's fine. If you want to call me dad, that's fine. It's just a word. How many more games they have? It's obviously a massive transition for the entire family. And as Eric's breast surgery looms closer, not an easy one for anyone. I worry that I'll go through some sort of grieving process after the surgery. And what would the grieving be about? My old self, sort of a losing person I was, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's another goodbye to Erica. Yes, that's exactly it, a goodbye to Erica. You know, it's not too late to say no, of course, don't you? I know. Yeah. But I wouldn't say no. Not at this point. Something I've wanted my whole life, so it's so close. <laughs> Dawn breaks on a brave new world for the Mason family. Good luck. Eric and Corey are on their way to Chicago. Love you. Where Eric will have his surgery. The enormity of this farewell seems to affect them all. Take care of mom. And these marking points are really reference points for me to use during surgery. Dr. Lauren Schechter, with 20 years experience, is a pioneer in transgender surgery. What are you thinking at the moment? That the pain medication is going to work. <laughs> He will perform a double mastectomy on Eric. A four-hour procedure that will also involve reshaping and contouring the chest to look like a man's. Okay, you all set? All right, we're ready for you. It's a transformation Eric has waited years for, but these last steps into theater are anxious ones. If there is even a tiniest bit of doubt, why go through with this now? There's no doubt. No doubt. Dr. Schechter believes therapy, whether it be surgical or psychological, can be life-saving. They take that surgical step, the point of no return. A patient's always happy with what they've done. I would say the satisfaction rate is very high with, with these procedures. Obviously, people have waited a lifetime um, uh, to, to have this done, and it's about allowing them to, to feel comfortable uh, with who they know themselves to be and be comfortable in, in their bodies. For Corey, there have been many transitions. Not just boy to girl, but from an unhappy and misunderstood child to a blossoming teenager. The bullying got so bad, I got shoved, spit on, called names. It was hard. I mean, you've been really open in your campaign against bullying. Why is that? Because I know how hard it is to come out to your parents, because some parents aren't supportive. Some parents don't know what transgender means. It, it's not just a guy dressing as a girl. It's mentally, physically, who they are. It's what they want to do. I know this is, it's your mistake, 
Do you think you're being heard? Do you think you are changing the world? Yes, I do. I got a lot of positive feedback. People have been messaging me saying how because of you, I didn't kill myself. Because of you, my parents now know what transgender means and I can be who I am. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Eric, you look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Who do you see? I see myself finally. And who is that? That is a man. The day after surgery, I find a tired but happy man, a mm-hmm. person whose body is starting to match his mind. As drastic as a double mastectomy is, for Eric, there was no choice. For him, this was the only way to finally say goodbye to Erica, to be who he truly is. What do you think would have happened to you if you didn't take this path? I think I would have continued to be depressed and unhappy and angry at the world and never knowing why. And all of that has lifted now? Completely. The only regret I have is is not being educated sooner about what transgenderism was. So I couldn't do it sooner, but that's, again, that's okay because I have five beautiful children, I have an amazing husband, and an amazing life. So my life's pretty good now. It's awesome. (laughs) Hello, I'm Tara Brown. Thanks for watching. Wow. He said, uh, I can now be who I am. But it's not to be who you are. It's who you want to be. God made you who you were, but you didn't accept that. You decided to change it. A mom and a son, both with a mutilation. I, I, I was kind of floored over that one, if I'm honest with you. I'm thinking the mama and the son, oh my goodness. But anyway, we're going to the next song and then I have uh, two more. And if you have something you would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in. And I want to say this today, God is love. And we have to love people enough to pray for them. Sometimes we have to pray for them, fast for them, cry to God for them like we would our very own children. And if God has spoken to you concerning your child, believe what he said. If he said, I'm bringing your child out of this, if he said that this is a preacher, if he said that this is this, you got to believe what he said. It may not look like it, but when God gets through, it is going to be what he said it would be. He made us all and made us for his pleasure. And for God is love, so you have to love. Hallelujah. And it's all right. Let's go to this one, and then we're going to the next two.
more than just a radio. This is Jesus in the Morning Radio, spreading the good news of Jesus. I was going to talk about uh, women and power, the lessons of the 20th century, because I think there's a lot of triumphalist talk that masks the real historic situation. And apparently people have decided that because I don't think that post-operative transgender men, uh, i.e. M2F, um, transgender people are women, I'm not to be allowed to talk. But surely if a, a man who feels that he actually would like gender reassignment to make him, her, feel more comfortable in her body, then that's what should be done. That, they should be allowed to do that. I'm not saying that people should not be allowed to go through that procedure. What I'm saying is it doesn't make them a woman. It happens to be an opinion. It's not uh, a prohibition. Carry on. If, if that's what you think it is you want to do. I've been accused of inciting violence against transsexual people. That's absolute nonsense. But do you feel that the transgender community has too big a voice now? It seems to me you're saying that they're becoming what you might, what feminists were often called strident. <laughs> yes, but they very seldom were strident, alas. Um, I think that a great many women don't think that um, post-operative or even non-post-operative transsexual M2F transsexual people uh, look like, sound like, or behave like women. But they, they, don't, they daren't say so. But just because they daren't say so doesn't mean that that person can't feel like that and feels more comfortable with themselves. Yeah, but so what? I, that's not my issue. I don't even talk about it. Not everybody does feel comfortable, by the way, post-operatively. There's been a, a couple of cases I found very interesting where the actual acceptor of the procedure has felt that it's been a disaster. But for those who do not feel it's been a disaster and feel more comfortable, then do you understand how they might feel that you have been hurtful towards them? People are hurtful to me all the time. Try being an old woman, <laughs> for goodness sake. People get hurt all the time. I'm not about to walk on eggshells. So, you believe in free speech, really, no matter what? Well, not quite no matter what. You don't have to say everything that's in your mind. You do use tact in the usual way. I would, for example, uh, with someone with, who w wished to be known as female, use female speech forms as a courtesy. Now, though, um, people who are intersex are feeling a little more confident about coming forward and, and, and a, a level of acceptance. But for, for example, a woman who outwardly has female genitalia but inside has testes and doesn't wish to have them rather than accepting that she has them, she should be allowed, shouldn't she, and offered the chance to remove these inner testes. We remove undescended testicles from men because they're dangerous. I'm sure they wouldn't be allowed to just lurk uh, because that would be, a pro I think, that would be a problem. I mean, physically a problem. But then it's also a problem if what you have to do after sex uh, gender reassignment is use steroids every day of your life. That's not a happy outcome either. But it may be a happy outcome for them, and they may feel that you are, in a way, uh, denigrating them for taking that road. Oh, don't even talk about them. They're not my issue. I, don't, I haven't published anything about transgender for years. So... How do you feel about the idea that Newnham College, your own college, is considering not giving you an honorary doctorate, apparently, because of what you've said, 
about the transgender community? There's been two votes at my college on the question of whether or not I should have an honorary degree. And um, I'm not going to get one. They've been turned down, which is thought by some people to be astonishing, but not by me. So someone like Caitlyn Jenner, for example, who has been, in the, yes, who's been <laughs> in front of lots of magazines and apparently is, I think I'm right in saying, uh, getting an award for being a kind of glamour woman of the year. What do you think about that? I think it's misogynist. I, I think misogyny plays a really big part in all of this. Um, that a man who goes to these lengths will be a better woman than someone who was just born a woman. But are people, you would say, necessarily born a woman, or born in feeling female, and if he feels more female... It seems to me that he, uh, that what was going on there is that he, he, she, uh, wanted the limelight that the other female members of the family were enjoying and has conquered it just like that. Will Young apparently has a new video out, I don't think you've seen it, in which a transgender person is going down the road and is abused. Reasonable position? Um, am I mistaken in thinking that this individual is naked and running down the street with just a hand over his, her genitals? Mm -hmm. You try running with your sagging breasts down the middle of the fucking street and see what people will throw a, a, a blanket over you and grab you and and call the police for fuck's sake it is simply not true that intersexual people suffer in a way that other people don't suffer would you ever consider saying something more ameliorating no in i'm getting fed up with this you know i've had things thrown at me i've been accused of things i have never done or said uh, people seem to have no concern about evidence or uh, indeed um, even about libel. If a man is, has his gender reassigned and outwardly and he feels inwardly is a woman, in your view, can he be a woman or not? No. Do you understand how people feel that's insulting? I don't care. People get insulted all the time. <laughs> Australians get insulted every day of the week. Finally, um, if your safety is guaranteed, will you go to Cardiff? I'm getting a bit old for all this. I'm 76. I don't want to go down there and be screamed at and have things thrown at me. Bugger it. It's not that interesting or rewarding. Jeremy Greer, thank you very much <laughs> indeed. I'm really into oversized clothes recently. What about some of this vintage clothing here? Yeah, that can be nice. Like this. It's a summer morning in London's Camden Market, and Australian teenager Patrick Mitchell is busy hunting for bargains. Would you wear t-shirts? Uh, no, not really. I can't really wear them right now. He's after new clothes to match his old life. You've been a boy and a girl. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess. <laughs> What's it like? Well, I don't know. You kind of have an image of what being a boy and being a girl is like, but when you actually experience it, it's very different. It's nice to be able to buy shoes now, because I couldn't buy the women's shoes, because I'm too big. Born a boy, Patrick spent the last two years living as a girl. Now, at 14, 
He's decided he's a boy after all. Something like that. But there's a constant reminder of his life as a female. Tell me if you're uncomfortable, but you've grown breasts, haven't you, as a result of the hormone therapy that you were being given? Yeah, so I just started developing like a girl would, and which was the thing that I wanted at that time, but now that's not so helpful. Ellie is Patrick's mother. She moved to London with him a month ago to give him a fresh start. But before he goes to school here in England, she's taking drastic action to have her young son's breasts surgically reduced. Ellie wants to warn other parents what can go wrong when doctors misdiagnose a child as transgender. They were wrong to pigeonhole him so quickly. I think they should have said, here we have a child who does have gender dysphoria and he's going through a period of transition where he needs to work out exactly how he feels. I think we have to acknowledge there are a lot of children who are confused about their gender identity as, as a normal phase that they would go through. It's not uncommon to be confused. The good news is they're going to grow out of it. Don't mess them up. Sydney paediatrician Professor John Whitehall says the numbers of children being treated with gender dysphoria in Australia are currently skyrocketing. It's a condition where a person is born one gender, but in their mind, they're another. You don't accept that the true levels of gender dysphoria are as high as appear to be being diagnosed at the moment? No, I don't. I've never seen it, and I think it's much rarer than the current reports would suggest. Single mum, Ali Mitchell, has always known her little boy was different. Even when he was young, three and four, he would dress up in girls' clothes. And at one stage he did say to me that could he be taken to the doctor to be made into a girl. At first, Ali dismissed it as just a phase. But when Patrick turned 12, he made a startling confession that turned both their lives upside down. He said to me that, yes, I really identify as a girl and I don't feel like the boys around me. So it was at that point that I said to him, well, we need to take some expert advice on this. Was it a relief to be able to tell her? Yeah, definitely. And at that stage, did you believe that you were a girl in a boy's body? Yes. What does it feel like? Um, well, it just feels like um, you wish you could just change everything about you. You just see any girl and you say, I'd kill to be like that. It came as an even greater relief when Patrick was diagnosed with gender dysphoria by doctors in Adelaide. With mum's support, Patrick made the full-time transition to life as a girl. And I can tell you that no child would do this on a whim. It's one of the most harrowing, stressful, um, 
self-questioning um, experiences you can have. It was quite a private thing for you, wasn't mm, it? Yeah. Which is why it's very brave of you to speak to us, and we're very grateful for that. Mm. But what were you doing at home? You were, you were using a girl's name, mm -hmm. and you were wearing girls' clothes. Yes. I felt inside that I was a girl. I didn't feel physically that I was a girl, but I felt like I was on the right track to becoming a girl. But growing taller and more masculine by the day, Patrick felt he was in a race against time, or he would be male forever. So when puberty hits, bodies change, mm -hmm. boys get hairier, yeah. voices deepen. Mm -hmm. Were you scared of that happening? Yeah. In the shower, I'd just get out of the shower and walk past the mirror. I wouldn't really look at myself because it would just upset me. Were you getting depressed? Yeah. I would just kind of wonder if I really needed to be alive. Well, this is when finally we got our first medical appointment um, and we'd waited about three months for that. As a parent, Ali was confronted with a terrible dilemma, whether to allow Patrick to take drugs that block puberty or risk losing him forever. She chose the puberty blockers. Well, we put away the knives in our house um, I slept on the floor next to his bed in the room. You become very worried about what's going to happen to a child in the night. Um, he would have panic attacks. What was he saying to you? He said that if he couldn't get on the puberty blockers, that he would either run away and find a way to get them himself or kill himself. So how much vanilla? Just one teaspoon. Mm -hmm. But it's what Ali did next that's alarming. Australian law currently says kids need to wait until they're 16 and have court approval to begin hormone replacement therapy. But Ali allowed Patrick to take her own oestrogen medication from the age of just 13. Was that a tough decision for you? It was a very tough decision. I mean, there's no turning back at that point, really, is there? It's quite dramatic what you're about to do. So our motivation for second stage treatment was really that Patrick was growing very tall and very broad. And one thing that estrogen will do is halt the bone growth to more of a girl pattern of growth. So we were wanting to fuse his bone growth so that uh, we could reduce his height a little bit and uh, also soften his features. It's this decision that's most controversial because the changes to Patrick's body are permanent. And as soon as we started taking the estrogen, after a month or two, you could really see his features starting to soften a little bit and we would have regular x-rays, which the hospital supported, um, and you could see that his um, bones were fusing. Was he happier? Having access to the estrogen was a huge step for Patrick. It was part of the solution to get to the goal, which at that time, he had been diagnosed as transgender, he had accepted that diagnosis, and he was on a pathway to create a life for himself as a female. Professor Whitehall has grave concerns about giving oestrogen to a transgender teen. There is no 
proof that this is going to work. You think that their emotional problems are going to get better by giving them estrogen? Fine. That's called optimism. It's not called scientific method. So I think the whole thing is, is experimental in that sense. So how are you feeling about everything? Ali was prepared to take that risk to help her son become her daughter. But earlier this year, Patrick, now 14, stunned his family with a dramatic decision. He wasn't sleeping and um, I said to him, are you, you know, are you anxious about something? Is something on your mind? And uh, he just looked me in the eye and said, I'm just not sure that I am a girl. I'm not sure I understand. Like, you know, one minute you're really convinced you're a girl. Yeah. And then you think, well, I'm happier being male. Mm -hmm. well, what happened? I guess I just realised that I could be happy without completely changing who I am. People are not interested in discussing the science. Well, you've got to believe that there's no such thing as a boy or a girl, that we're all somewhere in between. Now, I don't believe that. Professor Whitehall has been pilloried by some in the transgender community for arguing that the vast majority of children diagnosed with gender dysphoria aren't actually transgender at all. The good news is that in all the major articles, these children will revert to the natal sex through puberty. What we should do then is have confidence in the statistics and not mess the child up along the way. Can you understand though that if a child is genuinely gender dysphoric, it's incredibly distressing for that child I can to go into puberty? That. I can understand that, yes. And so that's the good news. The good news is, statistically, this child is going to grow out of it. You've gone from boy to girl to boy. And in that journey, there were people who accepted your gender dysphoria. Were they wrong? Were those experts wrong? I think they took their knowledge and applied it to what I was going through at that time. And they, to the best of their knowledge, thought that I was transgender. Was it a mistake though? No, because that's what I needed at that time. Now that Patrick's sure of his male gender, there's one last thing he needs to take care of. Surgery to reduce the breasts he developed while taking his mum's oestrogen medication. How important is the surgery? I think it's probably the final step in getting me back to being normal. So what are you looking forward to doing? I guess I look forward to being able to not have to wear baggy clothes and um, being able to go swimming and play sports. The surgery is so controversial, Patrick and his mum will need to travel to South Korea, one of the few countries where doctors are willing to perform such a procedure on a 14-year-old boy. You know, he needs to be able to now live 
as a carefree young teenage boy going through life like any other child would. So we're very happy to support him in that. It's a huge step. But after losing Patrick once, Ali says she's prepared to try whatever's best for her son. To help him become the boy he now feels he is. Are you ready for anything now? To see your child smiling, he's so happy um, and he's confident now. Any regrets? <sighs> I don't have any regrets. Um, you don't make any of these decisions lightly along the way. Um, I'm sorry that he was confused and for the dark times, um, but I'm really happy with um, who he is today. Hello, I'm Liz Hayes. Thanks for watching. To keep up with the latest from 60 Minutes Australia. Well, this is what I know. God made man from the ground, breathed in his nostrils. He brought the woman from the man. And he named one male and the other female. He made the male different than the female. It's not that God made a mistake. It's that people don't like who they are. They have feelings about it. Women feel like their lips are not big enough, so they go and let these people shoot stuff and swell them up. Uh, some women feel like their eyes, I don't like this color. I'm going to have my eyes changed. I don't like the size of my breast, so I'm going to go have my breast changed. And listen to this. Very proud. Very proud to go against what God has done. They don't know what they're doing. All I can say is, Father, forgive them because they know not what they're doing. This body is not yours. You didn't make it. You're, you're in it and he give you free will, but it's not yours to tattoo up. <clears throat> it's not your body to pierce up. It's not your body to manipulate. <laughs> Mutilate up. It's not yours. You were bought with a price. I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to the Christian, the saint, the believer. Because we think it's okay. Because, okay, this is my leg. I'm going to tattoo of what I want on it. Jesus paid a precious price for you. You went to the altar and said, I do. And if you stop seeking him to understand his word, if you stop seeking him to get to know him and what his rules and regulation is for your life, that's on you. But when you said I do, you have the responsibility to continue to seek God for yourself and not get caught up into the things of the world. Because that's easy to do. TV is easy to watch. And you sitting there, I don't mind, is really the devil's workshop. So you sitting there just looking at TV. No God on your mind, no scriptures on your mind. You're just looking at TV. 
all of a sudden it come up to you, oh, yeah, I think I'll get me a tattoo. Because you see whoever on TV with it. And the stuff that they put on TV now, if you truly got God, you'll know it's not godly in no way. It's not, if I'm honest, it's just not the human thinking of man. And I'm going to say this, not the human thinking of man who got God, because I'm talking to the believer, the saints of God, the, the Christians. No way I can watch that foolishness and, and be comfortable with that. And then we discuss it, and I'm all into it. I may as well watch the soaps and be all caught up into that nonsense. And many of us, we're Christian people, but we live by the TV. We live by the papers. We live by the news. We don't live by the word of God, the move of God. Many don't even know the move of God. They don't even know what to do. Why? Haven't been seeking him. My sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow because communication with God, fellowship with God. I'm talking to him all the time. I got him on my mind. I got him in my heart. I can't let him go. I need to know what to do about this, what to do about that. If you save your peculiar person, you were bought with a price. You have a royal priesthood, not just royal family, a royal priesthood. You come to do the will of him that sent you. There's work to be done, and not according to no other preacher. I can't mimic myself after Bishop Doles or Pastor Doles. I can't mimic myself after Charles Woods or Pastor Rogers or Lewis Williams or any of the others that I've met. I can only be who God called me to be. He changed me from the inside out, yet he left me Barbara. He didn't give me a new name yet. Some things he left there so that I could use to draw others. Some things he left there so that I could understand others better. Again, this morning, it's nothing against nobody. If you feel it's your thing, you do what you want to do, that's fine with me. I'm running the race for myself with patience. And you got to run your race with patience. It's my job to tell you who God is, what he has done, what he's doing, and what he will do. That's my job. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end of man's life. Because he so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believe on him won't perish but have everlasting life. So many want the everlasting life, but they don't want to do what it takes to have it. God is no joke. He has said what he meant and meant what he said. He loves. He looks beyond fault. Cash your cares upon me. I care it for you. You don't like how your child has become? You don't know which way to turn? Cash your cares upon God, Jehovah. He cares for you. Have patience to wait. Seek him until you can't seek him no more. And I know for all of your life, you can seek God. 
I believe it was Jacob said he wasn't turning him loose till he got an answer, until he was blessed. God, I can't get up today. I can't turn you loose until you tell me what I need to do concerning my child. I'm going to keep speaking life on them. I'm going to keep praying for them. I'm going to keep loving them. Now, certain things you can't bring to my house because you know I'm not for that and you know I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. But I love you. I heard one dad say, the person, come home when you get ready. But you just can't bring in and everything to my house. And for me in this house, we're going to serve God to the fullest. Yeah. And some parents blame themselves because I was in the world and I shouldn't have been out there in the world that long now. You can be anywhere. God is a deliverer. If he delivered you, he'll deliver your child. A good parent keep their children safe. They watch over them. I had to learn this. And I learned the hard way. Yeah, I thought I could just flow. But my parents watched over me and kept me safe. I'm trying to wrestle from the, from the safety and get unsafe. And the more I wrestled, the more they wanted to keep me safe. Because they knew what was out here, I did And I trusted the world. I trusted the people of the world. And I thought everybody was like my parents. I I, I thought if I showed you love, you would show me love. That's not true. We have to teach our children. And see, the way they taught me, they taught me because they felt I I was a good person. They brought forth person. And the more they trained me, the better I should have become. But just like God asked the devil, what you doing? I'm going to and fro, seeking whom I may devour. When I tell you being a believer, a Christian, a saint is serious business, the devil don't like you no more. You left him. You, you switch partners. He don't like you. And playing around, that's not the way to play around. Either give God your whole heart and sell out to him. Or go on back where you were in the world. Trials going to come. But as many won't come in a way that they come against you if you in God for real and you already seeking him. It'll be a cakewalk. It'll be a piece of cake. But if you're not already seeking him, then you got to learn how to seek him. You got to learn this. When you was there in a place where you could have, but you wouldn't. You're seeking what your flesh wants. You're comfortable in your flesh. You're comfortable with fleshly things. No, no believer, no true woman or man of God that got God living on the inside is comfortable with their flesh. They're always finding something because they're taking self-inventory daily of themselves and bring these things to God. Deliver me from this, Lord. Deliver me from that, God. God, I thought this way, and that's not the right way to think. Lord, I've been gossiping. I need you to help me to bridle my tongue. Get, get, give me something nice to think of people. Even even if it's a bad person, help me to find something good about them. Help me today, Lord Jesus. 
I need you. Hallelujah. Listen, the studio is open. Uh, if anyone has something they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What the mercy of God can do. If you knew me then, you'd believe me now. He turned my whole life upside down. Took the old and he made it new. That's just what the mercy of God now I'm alive to tell the story How I've overcome His goodness and mercy And the power of His blood I'm so glad that my freedom Wasn't based on what I've done and mercy and the power of the blood so much power in the blood Hey! 
Jesus, so much is going on in this world, but I just want to say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for keeping me in my right mind. All this fentanyl out here, killing all these children, fentanyl may look like some pills, and you thinking you buying oxycodone or something, but you buying fentanyl. Lord, I thank you. I pray for the addict. I pray that the doctors stop writing these prescriptions and taking the people off of them because they know how addicted it is. Lord, I thank you. I pray for my sisters and my brothers in the whole United States of America. I thank you, God. None of my loved ones have died of fentanyl yet. And why I say yet, because... Just because they are not dead don't mean they're not doing it. But, Father God, you sit high. And this new fentanyl, it is taking lives. And you said in your word, no man know when the Father's coming. We need to turn our ways, our ways, just turn back to God. Because... Sin is the way to death. 
thank you, Jesus, that you knew the plan that you have for my life. It ain't that I never did anything wrong. Oh, Lord, I got a pass. But even when I was in the streets, Lord, all my mother's prayers saved me. I'm no longer in the streets, and now I'm becoming my mother. I'm praying for all my children, all my sisters and brothers. I'm praying for the women and men that have children and is addicted to this drug, buying poisoning when they don't know what they're buying. Lord, have mercy on this United States of America. Thank you, Barbara, for allowing me to speak this morning. God bless you, Sister Jerry. And our brother Lewis say, hey, Sister Jerry. But I tell you the truth. It's so much going on. And yes. I, I promise you, it says, if this world has flipped upside down, people no, not, no longer, excuse me, no right from wrong, it appears. They, they're teaching people, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You don't have to rely on nobody to tell you what's right and what's wrong. So it t- took away human decency, human morals. Mm-hmm. You know, I just do whatever I feel. I like doing this. I'm just going to do it. No, there are boundaries with God. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of it, too. Man don't don't even remember boundaries. You know, he just go overboard. You know, I was sharing with someone last night. This time of night, people usually in the house, if they up, they're watching TV, they're cooking, or they may be sleeping or whatever they're doing. And I open my door because of the help that's needed. What is it that people think about that? It's like me. I don't think about Walmart all day long. I think about Walmart when I need groceries. I think about Walmart when I want to save a few dollars. Otherwise, I go to Publix. And I don't think about Publix all the time. I think about Publix when I want something special. And it's going to cost me a little more, but it's so special, I don't mind paying it. So I said, people do the same. They think of me, you know, when they need something. Not that I got a really problem with that. I really don't. I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, just, just, just showing you stuff. What, well, what they call a parable. Mm-hmm. And what we the believer, and I, it's some of our fault. We're supposed to be that candle that sit on the hill that can't be hid. If enough of us had come together, we could stop a lot of things, but we decided I'm from this church and you from that church. I believe like this and your church believe like that. We can't come together. But I'm friends with Muslims. Yeah. Atheists. Catholics. Baptists. Methodists. Pentecostal, mm-hmm. apostolic. You know why? We find a common ground. Now, I know you're Muslim, so you call God a lie. Back in the day, uh, the ones I really knew, they believed in, in Elijah Muhammad. And if you didn't say the honorable Elijah Muhammad, they would look at you some type of way. Well, he's not honorable in my book. You know, 
you and I are friends. I don't know Muhammad. So I found something common, you know, once you get saved, that you can relate to. Most can relate to food. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the bean pie. Oh, oh, you know about the bean pie? Of course I do. Ramadan, all of that. The mosque queue. So we don't really talk mm. about those things. We talk about food or turkey because they don't eat pork, mm. they say. That's, That's a right. common ground. And then I've had them to come to me and say, hey, Barbara, pray for me. Because see, things got bad. They didn't ask me, are you praying to Allah or are you praying through Jesus to take it to Jehovah? They didn't ask that. They said, pray for me. But today, because no boundaries, today because people have become so selfish and uh, they're afraid of what the world will say about them. But if I talk about it, ooh, nobody coming back to the show. Ooh, if I say this, look, you got to go do what you got to do because I got to obey God at any cost. And I, I, I believe in telling the truth. I believe in sharing what's good. Some people can't take that truth now. It's heavy sometimes for them. Some things are embarrassing, some things are hurtful, and they're like, oh, no, I, I can't talk to her about this because, see, she's going to say this and that. You already know. People go away from me and because they, they, they don't like the truth. And if you're going to hang them, I have to tell you, and you tell me the truth. And Shantae, one of them people, mama, this and that. I say, yes, ma'am, it is. Oh, okay, mama. You're not surprising me by telling me the truth, Shante. I know the truth about myself, believe it or not. God is not going to let anything sneak upon us if we're seeking him. Holy and righteous, full of love, compassion. He wants us to be the same way. Love our enemies. Pray for them that despitefully use you. But we got to show love in this whole earth. <laughs> love lifted me. Love will draw people. Love will draw people. Yeah. Hallelujah. So we thank God this morning. And if no one else have anything they would like to say today, I will pray us out and we pray that the I Lord. I just like to tell Brother Louis, good morning. And everybody else that's listening, good morning. And may God keep us and cover us all day long. Amen. 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 Well, I go ahead, Sister Jerry. I just said amen. Amen. I'm ready to get prayed out. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, look, I want to do a quick roll call. Haven't done that in a while. And so let me do a quick roll call and then we'll pray out. If no one else has anything they would like to say. Good morning to you, Brother Anthony. I see you over there. God bless you this morning. Oh, and listen, I heard from Brother Frank yesterday. I uh, called him, and he was on another line. And then when he got off, he called me back, but I didn't get the call. I was doing something else, but he left me a beautiful message. He's been in the hospital, and at one point he wasn't walking. He said he prayed and asked the Lord to send him home. And, you know, touch and heal his body, he said, and God sent him home. Because they was thinking about sending him to rehab or to a nursing home. So God blessed him to go home, and he's, you know, somewhat walking again. But he's still going through a little something. So yesterday I put it over on 
Facebook request and prayer for him for the intercessors. Good morning, Apostle. God bless you. And so um, we want to keep him lifted in prayer. Yeah. He said his sister had an operation a while back. She had surgery. So she can only do so much. So, you know, keep them lifted in prayer. Brother Franklin and sister, and he said he was going to give his sister my phone number. So if he go in the hospital or anything, she would be able to call me and let me know what what's going on. And that way we know what to pray for. Hallelujah. I wish I could be there and be a blessing to the both of them. But I'm in Florida, they're in the bottle. So God chose something different. But we can pray them. We can pray for them, pray for their healing, pray for Brother Frank to get totally on his feet. Yeah, because God made some promises to him, and he's not going nowhere until God fulfilled those promises. You're not going nowhere until God fulfilled the promises that he made to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman, Sister Mary Ann, uh, Sister Simone. Good morning to you, Sister Melanie Rose. Uh, Sister Laura, my God, baby, brother, I mean, Mr. Mason and Miss Deborah, uh, good morning to you, Sister Andrea Spinner, God bless you this morning, and uh, Sister Rita, and Sister Sion, Sister Diane, Sister Angela Foot, my girl, good morning, <laughs> good morning, Sister Angela, that Angela had me laughing when she called me some days, because she's just straightforward. And uh, I thank God for how he blessed you and how um, he used you to be a blessing to Freedom Doors and to Jesus in the morning. God bless you, Sister Angela. And Sister Anna Leefoot, Sister Angela Mom, God bless you this morning. I thank God for you. And uh, good morning to you, uh, Sister Yvonne and uh, our very own Apostle Claudia Boatwright. Good morning to you, Apostle. And uh, good morning to you, Pastor David, Brother Jermaine, Brother Louis, uh, Brother D. Good morning to you. Good morning. God bless you. And uh, Brother Cal, good morning to you. Uh, Brother Justin Gilmore and Brother Marquez Griffin. I keep saying I'm going to call Marquez and I keep writing, keep going right on. But I, today is that day. I'm making a note right now so I can check on him and uh, see him in the the baby doing and the baby mama doing over there. And uh, it's going to be all right. I'm making it right now. So after the show, I can get this much done. I have a couple of other things to do because I'm going to put out the, uh, that's another thing. I'm going to put out a bulletin for uh, Monday, the 15th, August 15th through the 29th, Jesus in the morning, 12th year anniversary. So I'm planning to have different speakers, new songs, and a new testimonies, and uh, we just have a good time in celebrating. And sometimes people, you know, from other places that I've visited, that I've been, I was a blessing there. Sometimes they come and I share. Then sometimes the early comers who first came to Jesus in the morning, and God did something through this show to bless them, sometimes they come and give a testimony. So I'm grateful for the anniversary, and I believe in celebrating it because God has been good to me. Twelve years of Jesus in the Morning radio talk show. Not too many mornings I wasn't here, Brother Louis. <laughs> the majority, just here lately, I started, you know, in the last few years, taking more days off. But for the long haul, I've been here every morning faithfully, 
yeah, 7 a.m. to 9, we used to go. And then for the 10th anniversary, which was two years ago, he blessed us to come 7 to 10. Yeah, gave me a little boost so I could pay for uh, three hours instead of two. And so we're grateful unto Almighty God. I used to go seven days, yeah, Monday through Sunday. And he blessed me Monday through Friday. Take Saturday for yourself. And Sunday, you can, you know, go back to work, but you can work in the field, you know, in the vineyard, the physical vineyard. So I'm grateful unto him for what he has done in my life. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. So, yeah, y'all invite somebody next week to tune in uh, for the anniversary. And I'm going to get a hold of Ken Johnson. He came for the 10th year anniversary. <laughs> and uh, he blessed me real good. He told me some things I didn't know. He said, Sister Barbara, when you left, I cried. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, because he was always kind to me. He played the organ. And uh, he was very kind and sweet to me. I remember sitting by Robert and, and a shack. And I looked up and Kim was sitting there one day. I was like, wow, yeah. So people showed me love, you know. And uh, even back then, people used to come to my house and they wanted to visit. But when God has given you a gift, and, and I know I, I've shared this many times to the old timers, the Alzheimer's, you know, them been with me 12 years or, or, or a little bit less. A lot of people were chased behind the gift of prophecy. Ooh, they love that gift. Tell me what tomorrow gonna bring. Ooh, tell me about the future, child, the future. Listen, there's nothing like the gift of giving. There's nothing like the gift of love. When God has given you the gift of love, people can't get enough of you. People can't stay from around you. People, you tell people, hey, look, the pandemic. I, you know, I'm not doing this. I never had COVID. You had it. I don't think you really should come. Oh, no, they're going to find a way because of that gift of love. Yes, and the gift of giving. If you're a giver, people coming because they know you're going to give them something. If you don't do nothing but give them a scripture and you mention in the scripture the very thing that's concerning them, guess what? They coming. Yeah. So I thank God for those gifts, the gift of love, the gift of giving, the gift of caring. Oh, there are many gifts now, but folks chase that gift of prophecy because I want to know if I'm going to get some money. I want to know if my house going to this, if my church going to that, my ministry going to this. Look here. He gave us 66 books, and if we depend on his word, all of that will come to pass. The songwriter said, I've had some good days. I can hear that. I've had some hills to climb. Oh, I can hear that. I've had some weary days, glory, and some sleepless nights. I'm a saying one day, Sister Spinner. But when I look around, and Louis, I think things over. <laughs> All of my good days, glory to His Majesty. Outweigh my bad days, hallelujah. I, I won't complain. God's been good to me. He, he's been good to me. 
better than you of this old world might ever be. Hallelujah. He's been so good mm, to me. Look what he did for me here. He dried all of my tears away. Turn my midnight into day. <laughs> August 11, 2022. I just want to say thank you, Lord. I, I won't complain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No need, Barbara. No need to complain. All right, Louis. <laughs> no need to complain. Stop grumbling, Barbara. Stop murmuring. Stop fussing. Get your mind in the right place. Find something positive in the midst of the storm. I'm bringing you out. I'm bringing you out. It won't always be like this. God is protecting that which is concerning you. Jerry, sooner or later, all of it is going to work in your favor. He's turning it around for you, around for you, around for you. Listen here, Dr. Goodman. It won't always be like this. I can see it. God is protecting that which is concerning you. Sooner or later, it'll work in your favor. Hallelujah. He's turning it around for you. Around for you. Around for you. He's turning it around mm, for you. In my early morning voice. <laughs> yeah, I feel like singing right now. I'm telling you because God is moving. He's moving. Yeah. I heard the songwriter say, reach out and touch some and touch the Lord's hand. Yeah. He's moving this moment. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart cry. Yeah, he's passing by this moment. Your need he will supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he's passing by. Go ahead and reach out and touch him in the praise. Because when you praise him, he sends the blessings upon you. Let me tell you, I praised until I got drunk. I was drunk in the spirit of God. Uncommon blessings come my way. I like them uncommon blessings. It's not the norm. It's not what you normally get. I feel like I'm in a season right now of uncommon blessings. Because, see, God will allow things for months, and then all of a sudden, bam, it's over with. And I'm looking back like, I missed it. It's over. That was only for a season. It was to get that person to where they needed to be in me and to draw you closer. And then that's work. I gave you that work. Because, see, when we stand before him, we got to carry work that won't burn up. Because if your work burn up, you don't have none. If you're doing it on your own, it'll burn up. But if you're led by the Spirit of God in what you're doing, that won't burn up. Ah, hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word today. For your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And today again, Father, Every word of God is pure, and you are shield unto them that put their trust in you. Forever, O oh God, 
your word is settled in heaven. Help us today to remember your word. Help us to remember you. Help us to remember to prepare for your return. For you're coming back, Father, and you're looking for your church. We want to be that church without spot or wrinkle. Do it for us today. Lead and guide us in the right path today for your name's sake. And Father, because your name is on it, it's going to turn out good. Fix our hearts. Regulate our minds today. In the name of Jesus, we ask him. And Father, I ask this morning that you would bless us financially. Money answers all things. And Father, money make us happy. Money make us glad. Oh, we want big, big money, God. Do it for us in the name of Jesus. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. And Father, off the money, we'll pay tithes and offerings. Off the money, God, we'll plant a seed unto you. We won't be greedy and selfish and just keep everything. But God, we'll give back to you the gifts you give to us. Oh, we thank you this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you for Jesus in the morning. Thank you for every caller and every listener, those coming through the podcast and the archives. Oh, we bless the name of Jesus today. Move by your spirit, Lord, quickly. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. I feel all right right there today. God blessing this morning. I'm telling you, I would praise him if I was you so my blessing could come through a little bit quicker. I'd get me some gospel music going, lift my hands, sing loud, stomp my feet. And praise him because he's sending some uncommon things your way. Anything come from God, basically, look, he's sending it for blessings. It is a good thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace and in praising God and share the good news with somebody today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God loves a cheerful giver. Give somebody something. You may not have no money. Give a scripture. Tell them how nice the dress look, the shoes, dress, the pants. Oh, that's a nice shirt. Yeah, give somebody something of quality because you never know who you're blessing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I speak the blessings today of Almighty God upon you and miracles in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we're going to our last song of the morning. All right, all right. I, 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 all right, I'm going to double take on this one. I'm going to double take on this one. How many come in here to have church tonight? Oh, are you in the right place?